Huzur says, this Friday sermon, which I am delivering in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, it is being heard live beside Toronto in three other cities of Canada, Vancouver, Edmonton and Calgary. Similarly, this sermon is being heard live in five cities of America, that is New York, Washington, Chicago, Wellingsboro, and New Jersey. Also, among other countries of the world, as before, beside Mauritius and Japan, it is being heard live in Paris, France, Denmark, and Frankfurt, Germany. I have received this news from that since today they are holding a Khudamul Ahmadiyya convention, and it is probably the first annual convention in the history of France. Therefore, they have expressed a wish that addressing those Khudam, I should say a few words of encouragement for them also. So, on my behalf and on your behalf who are present in the sermon, I say a heartfelt our good wishes to all those participating in the Khudamul Ahmadiyya Ijtema in Paris, France, whether they are Khudam or Ansar or Lajna or children. And we pray 
that Allah may make this ijtama successful in respect. This ijtama will end in two or three days. But may Allah continue its blessings and benefits forever. Now I turn to the main subject. For a long time I have been delivering a series of sermons concerning Salat prayers, in which I have been putting light on how to benefit from Salat. The last sermon was on the subject that when we say in the prayer, we pray to Allah to guide us on the path of the pious people of God, on whom Allah had bestowed His blessings. In this regard, it is essential for us that to make this journey easy, we should say the prayers of those as a result of whose accept Allah had done favors on them. So in the last sermon which was delivered on this subject in America, I had discussed the last of the prayers of the group who were bestowed with blessings. The next part is, O our Lord, do not guide us on the path which was followed by those who had become the target of your displeasure, or in the foot of those who followed the right path for a time, and then left it and went astray. We learn from the study of the Holy Quran that such people also used to say some prayers, and as the prayers of that group are recorded in the Holy Quran, who were bestowed with blessings, similarly, the prayers of Maghdub and Dualin are also recorded. It is necessary that we should protect ourselves from those prayers and protect ourselves from the spirit of those prayers, which have been preserved in the Holy Quran as a lesson of warning for us. So in this respect, today's sermon will cover this subject. Allah says, That there are some such people also who pray that, O oh Allah, grant us the good of this world. These are the people for whom there will be no share in the hereafter. The background to this prayer is that talking of Hajj, Allah says, that when you have completed the rites of pilgrimage, that is, you have carried out the worship then remember Allah as you remember your forefathers, rather more than that. After that Allah says that some among them are such who say that grant the good things of the world. The question is, what link does this have with the object of Hajj? The link is that a man who has become of this world and lives for the world 
and dies for the world. Even when he reaches the highest level of worship, his prayer is for the worldly things. So Allah says that you must not think that those who came near me during pilgrimage, who reached to the highest stage of their worship, all of them are such who had come with a longing for me. There are some such unfortunate people among them who had taken on this difficult journey with the desire for the world. And at the end, as they continue the circuit, they continue to ask for the worldly things from me. Allah says, I will give them the world, but then they will have no share in the hereafter. Here the aspect of punishment is for the reason that when a man reaches to the highest point, point of worship, then God has come near him. At that time, not to ask for God and incline toward shows that eventually they worship nothing but the world. So to ask for worldly thing is not forbidden, but in its background the picture has been painted that to ask for worldly things shows that as they go to Hajj, such people lay bare their inner self. Only Allah knows best that how many people there are who perform pilgrimage with the desire to gain the world. But here this subject relates not just to Hajj, but is linked with each worship. After this, Allah says as an admonition, وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَقُولُ رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَتَهُمْ وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنَتَهُمْ وَغَيْنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ Chapter 2, Al-Baqarah, verse 202 But such servants also who say that, O Allah, grant us the good things in the world, but grant us the good things of the hereafter also and save us from the punishment of fire. Which means that the worldly things should not attract us in such a way that as a result we may forget you and eventually should deserve the punishment of fire. Therefore, while asking for the good things of the world, same time, as a precaution, we have also been taught that you will be granted those things and you will be granted the good things of the hereafter also. But you must remember that you must not become lost in the good things of the world. Because as a result of this, you will still face a danger that you may deserve the punishment of Allah. Another prayer of the Maghdub and Dualin group is mentioned in chapter 4, verses 78 and 79. They say this prayer. Wakalu Rabbana Lema Katapta Alain al Qitala Lola Akhartana Ilajal in Karib Ul Matau Dunya Kalil Walakhira to Hair Walakhira to Hair Lemanitapa Walla Kulamuna Fatila. The translation is that they say, Over 
why have you made defensive war binding on us so soon? Would that you had put it off for some while. Tell them that the life of the world is a place for a temporary gain and the lasting good is in the hereafter alone. And none among you will be wronged even as little as the parting in a date stone. The background to this prayer is this. Allah says, أَلَمْ تَرَى إِلَى الَّذِينَ قِيلَ لَهُمْ كُفُّوا أَيْدِيَكُمْ وَأَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَآتُوا الزَّكَاةَ Have you not seen the situation of those to whom Allah had said that you should restrain your hand and pray and pay zakat. Here a picture is painted of those on whom they are committing one-sided atrocities. And in the period of those atrocities, they talk much and say, Why are we not permitted that we should defend ourselves? Why are we not permitted that we should take reprisal action? The people of this temperament are found in this time as they were found. A long period of trial which the Ahmadis have faced in Pakistan during that time such demands have also been made on me and I received some strong letters of protest that give us opportunity so that we can take reprisal action. They unleash atrocities on us, we should take our revenge. But I always advise them to use restraint. So the Holy says, that sometimes Allah does not permit the believers to take reprisal and admonishes them that you must restrain your hand and exercise patience through prayer and through zakat. Spending on good causes you should attain inner peace. But when eventually the jihad is made binding then their temperament is entirely reversed. Those who used to talk much that to give us a chance we will take his election. Then their condition is that they say Rabbana Lema Katapta Alainal Kital Lola Khartana Elajalin Kari. O Allah, you have made the jihad binding on us so soon. We still lack strength. Would that you had put it off for a while. Kul Matao Dunya Khalil. Tell them that if you will live a few more days in the world, then eventually the world is temporary and the gains of the world are gains of a few days only. The good things that last are of the hereafter. So if you put off the jihad for a few more days, what difference will it make? Anyway, this prayer relates to their previous condition which was unreal and was deceiving the believers. When the time comes, generally the people who talk much show cowardice. Another prayer of the Maghdube Alehim group is mentioned in chapter 6 verses 28 to 31. <laughs> 
Would that you saw those who will be presented before the fire. That is, after death they will be able to see their torment. Would that we are sent back, then we will certainly not disbelieve the signs of our Lord. And we will certainly be one of the believers. Allah says, their true condition has become manifest, which they used to hide before. But even if they are sent back, they will do the same things again, which they were forbidden or which are forbidden. They are false in their claim that if we are given another chance, then benefiting from this chance, we will attest Allah's signs and will act on Allah's commands. This is a psychological condition, and in fact, its decision is already made in this world. For Allah to say that if they are sent back again, they will do the same things as before, is not just a claim, but its proof is presented by their life repeatedly. Each person who begins to see a glimpse of the result of his actions because of his sins and realizes that his punishment has drawn near, he always says the same thing, that if this thing is put off, if I am not caught this time, I will repent. But when the difficulty is removed and the trial has passed, then he reverts back to the same activity. You must have seen such students, and I know it from personal experience, that when the exam had drawn close, we used to repent much, that when the new year will start, we will sort the books out right at the start, and will study diligently. Let this trial pass somehow this time. The students who talk this way Whenever the trial has passed, they revert back previous condition. It is not so vital in the worldly exams, but when such promises are made with Allah and repeatedly one reverts back to the previous state, then you can see how right is this reply of God, that you are the same people who used to talk like this before. If you were to put off this punishment today, and we send you back, then we tell you that you will go back to the same activity which you were doing before. So to do such talk when the time of punishment has come and the time of test has passed is meaningless and absurd talk. One should seek Allah's forgiveness for such a prayer and should avoid such occasions which may incline one to such a prayer. There is a prayer in chapter 6, Al-An'am, verses 129 and 130. Allah says, 
قال النار مثواكم خالدين فيها الا ما شاء الله ان ربك حكيم عليم دی ٹرانسلیشن از یوم یحشرهم جمیعا وان الله ویل گیدر اول اف دیم ٹوگیدر اینڈ ویل سی یا معاشر الجن قد استکثرتم من الانس او دا لیڈرز اف دا جن اینڈ دا گریٹ پیپل you have much exploited the ordinary people waqala ul yahum min al inse those who are the leaders from among the ordinary people will submit to god rabbana stamta baaduna bi baadin o allah some of us have exploited some others wa balagna ajalan alladhi ajalta lana till that time which you had sanctioned for us was completed Allah will say the fire is your abode and you will stay in it for a long time illa mashallah except that Allah will decide to remove that affliction inna rabbaka hakimun alim Allah is wise all knowing apparently in these verses a prayer is not mentioned but it mentions such a state in which people expect mercy of allah as their condition is before god this prayer which some people will make after they have been presented before punishment needs comparatively more study so that you may know what is meant here by the word jinn and ins and what is the thought which is being presented the first thing is that allah says ya mashar al jinn qad istaksartum min al ins that o jinn you have exploited most of the ordinary people so the question is that if jinn is that creation about which the ordinary people think and the mullahs circulate such stories that they are such creatures different from human beings which cannot be seen then when has the people known it and when have they experienced it that such a jinn have exploited a large majority of the people and have made them their slaves bites you may find such a patient about whom it is said that he is under the influence of a jinn and the jinn is controlling him so here certainly jinn means something else it has the same meaning which we find in the commentaries of jamaat ahmadiyya that is jinn means great people whenever allah talks of jinn and ins by putting them opposite to each other then always it means capitalists and proletariat that is the common people and the bourgeois opposite to each other that is opposite to bourgeois proletariat which are great capitalist powers and opposite to them the communist powers and opposite to great people common poor people this comparison is always shown by the use of the words jinn and ins keeping this difference in view you can understand the word isal exploitation 
this voice has always been raised by communism that the western capitalist powers are the powers of exploitation and the basis of scientific socialism is on this that some people exploit the poor and that it was as a reaction to this that a communist system was established allah says that a time shall come that address the great people and say you have prevailed over people's powers and have acquired much benefit from them such benefits which are called exploitation which is unlawful one period was before the world war when the communist system had not risen yet then it was only one capitalist system which had prevailed over the whole world there is now another period which we are entering in this period only the capitalist system has been left again and it has put reins over the most of the communist system waqala alyahu min rinse rabbana stamta ba'duna bi'ba'din this discussion is of the day of judgment when both these groups will be punished this is the background of this verse allah says that at that time the common people will say that o oh god these people had prevailed over us they were powerful and they had exploited us and as a result of that exploitation we committed some ills we submitted and followed them and in this regard we were helpless in answer to this allah says qalan naru mafaqum khalidina fiha illa ma sha allah that there is no such compulsion as a result of which one should forsake allah and should leave the right path therefore if they had exploited you in the world it is wrong to conclude that you were compelled to commit sins and were compelled to leave the right path therefore this excuse not be accepted this prayer of those who had gone astray is a lesson of warning for us many such people who think that since we are under great people we are helpless therefore we will not be punished for our sins because we were helpless allah is rejecting this excuse and says that everyone is responsible for his own conduct if you will commit sins following some great then it will not be enough to say that we were compelled under the influence of a great man there is one prayer in chapter 7 al-araf verses 12 to 19 the prayer is mentioned in verses 15 to 18 but the whole subject is mentioned in verses 12 to 19 the prayer is qala anzirni ila yawm yubathun this is a prayer of satan now imagine that how bread is the subject of the prayers among those who say prayers for the blessings the one who tops the list is his holiness muhammad mustafa may peace and blessings of allah be upon him then are the angels then other prophets of god and all kinds of pious people and among those who say prayers of maghdub and dualin the one who tops this list is satan his prayer has also been preserved 
have been warned of the Satan that we have to deal with and the prayers we must not say and the kind of mischief we will face and what is its nature and what Satan had asked from God and that for a time Allah has accepted this of his prayer. Therefore we have been warned in very clear terms. It says, the Satan said, O Allah, give me respite till the day when all the people will be raised again before you. Allah said, you are given respite. So at times even a bad prayer is also accepted and it is not enough just to say that we said a prayer and it was accepted. If a bad prayer is, is accepted, it is a great curse. If the good prayers are accepted, it is a sign of nearness to Allah. But not when the bad prayers are accepted. Also, the bad prayers to become accepted has some wisdom. Anyway, Allah immediately said, Yes, you are given respite. Then Satan said, Okay, if I am given respite, I tell you what I'll do. Since you have declared me misguided, and at the same time you have permitted me that I may waylay your servants, therefore, I will lie in wait on the right path and will try to waylay anyone who will follow the right path. Now you see that when we pray, it is not enough. That is why an explanation follows. The path is straight, but sitting on that path are those who can mislead and are people who can put doubts in your mind. Some such people are also sitting who coin various kinds of excuses that if you do this, it does not matter, and if you do that, it matters little. A small thing like that will do no harm. So on the right path in various places sit Satans, as in some countries, on your way to Eid prayers, you meet the beggars sitting on the way various excuses they try to mislead you. Allah has made this secret clear to us. If it remained a secret, then our becoming deceived might have had some excuse. But despite all this discussion, for us to become deceived increases the intensity of our sin. Satan says, what will I do then? Hum then I will come upon them from the as well as from the back. That is, I will not give up pursuing them. I will not just sit in the path, but I will run with them. I have seen in my childhood that such beggars used to trouble much, and if you did not give them something, they used to come upon you from the front and from the back. They used to block your path or hold your shirt from behind, and they would not let go 
till they got something. So Allah has painted a similar of Satan. He will not just sit in the right path but will run with you. At times he will come upon you and say something and at times he will come from behind and whisper something in your ear and will compel you that accepting his promptings you should leave the right path and stumble. وَمِنْ خَلْفِهِمْ وَنَعْمَانِهِمْ وَنْشَمَائِلِهِمْ Then he will pawn you from your right or from your left. From the right means that he will make open attacks on your faith. And from the left means that he will tempt you with the greed of the world. Because the left side is a sign of the world and the right side is the sign of the faith. In short, he will put you in difficulty from all directions. That is, Satan says that this is what I will do. I will do this and will do that and will not stop pursuing till I tell you that you will not find most to be grateful. Allah said, O Satan, get out of my court. You will always be despised and you are banished from my court. So whoever will follow you, he will be treated likewise and I will fill the hell with all of you. Here Satan has given a real clue from which a believer should benefit. As someone had asked Hazrat Blockman that from whom did you learn wisdom? He replied, from the fools. So at times even a Satan can say such a thing, which a faithful can take advantage of. Firstly, Allah has recorded his whole statement and has put before us that these are the things for which I have given him permission. And the other thing is, that the final conclusion which he has made is that, O oh Allah, you will not find most of them to be grateful, which means that a grateful man cannot stumble. Anyone who is thankful and is eager to feel obliged and in whose heart there is an appreciation of kindness, he cannot cross limits to such an extent that he will take some action against his benefactor. There are some people who are always ungrateful, even if you do to them all your life, but as soon as you ignore them a little, they become your enemy, and some even try to harm you. There is a good Persian line on this subject. It says that, look, a dog is such an animal that if you give him a little bread, then you can hit him hundred times he will not attack you. But some human beings are so unfortunate that even if you feed them a hundred times, but if you ignore them just once, they start barking and oppose you and take revenge. So Satan has given a real clue. That is why Allah has preserved it and has taught us a way to save us from Satan. A man who feels indebted as a result of kindness for him it is never possible 
that he should take any step against his benefactor. Therefore, a man who is surrounded by Allah's favors from all directions, from his front and back, from his right and from his left, there are favors above him and favors below him. Allah is reminding us that Satan does not attack such a person who always keeps those favors in view. Because Satan says that I will attack from the right and from the right the feelings of gratitude for Allah's favor will defend him. Satan says that I will come from the front. From the front also the feelings of gratitude of Allah's favor will be defending him. Similarly, in front, at the back, on the right, on the left, Allah's favors are surrounding man and a heart which feels grateful can never become a target of the attacks of Satan. So the Satan gave us a clue when he said that I will mount my attacks on those who are ungrateful. All those who are ungrateful, they will become my slaves. And this is a fact that the start of sin is made from being ungrateful. Its final result is the same which has been mentioned in the Holy Quran that then fill hell with all of you. In another place the same subject is mentioned in this way that those who are my abd servants you will not be able to prevail over them. You may do what you wish. By abd is meant the same that those who are grateful who remember Allah's favors and become his servants. There is another prayer in chapter Al-Araf verses 38 to 40. The part which contains the prayer is it says that when an ummah, a nation or some groups will enter anew in hell, then Allah will say, that, O oh people, enter in the place of a similar people like you. Some people had passed before you who used to do actions similar to yours. Whatever is their abode, the same is your abode also. That is, Allah will not treat unjustly the people living in various times. As a result of such actions, people reached their end in the past, no matter when the people will be born who do similar actions, theirs will also be the same end. It says, Those people will enter in such a condition that whenever some people will enter, they will curse those who are like them. As when the believers will enter paradise, they will say, Salam. Similarly, 
those who will enter hell will curse their companions. Till when they will all be collected together. And those who will come later will say to God about those who come before them that, O oh God, these are the satanic people. By falling home, we lost our faith and lost our world also. These are the accursed people who we had made our imams. So please punish them twice over. And this also is a manifestation of a special nature of the sinful people. A believer prays that, O oh God, forgive them, pardon them. And those who have satanic nature, they enjoy altogether a different way. If they lack enjoyment of their own forgiveness, then they enjoy more the punishment of others. Even in their life in the world, they used to do the same, that seeing someone suffering, they used to feel satisfied. So even after entering hell, their nature will not change. They will not say that, O oh God, these accursed people have misled us. Therefore, forgive us and show mercy to us. But they will say, then let us enjoy their punishment twice over. In reply, Allah will say, See, both of you are suffering torment twice over. But you don't understand it. Why there is twofold punishment for both? One was a cause of misguidance for the other, and the other followed misguidance. Why has it been said that there is twofold punishment for both? The reason is that if following someone else one sets a bad example, he is not only following bad example of someone else, but he himself becomes a means of stumbling for the coming generations. So one cannot say that I followed them, therefore they should be punished twice over. Allah says that after following them, you have appeared before me, but you do not know how many bad examples you have left behind and what means you have created to mislead the coming generations. Therefore, on whatever basis you say that punish them twice over, the same basis demands twofold but for you also. Therefore, Allah certainly does not treat unjustly. And when he talks to the misled and the maghdub group, apparently it looks that he has given a plain answer but has given no reason. But when you will look deeper, you will find that in a plain answer there is a deep wisdom at work, and it is most glorious and full of wisdom, Bola. So after hearing this, Allah says, Have you now seen you have not been given any superiority over us. You will not be given any exceptional treatment. Now let us taste that punishment together, which we had earned and which you have also earned. In chapter 8, Al-Anfal, verses 31 to 34, there is a prayer. The prayer is in one verse. 
which is that there are some such unfortunate people among the opponents of Hazrat Muhammad Mustafa. May peace and blessings of Allah. In chapter 8, Al-Anfal, verses 31 to 34, there is a prayer in one of the verses which is وَإِذْ قَالُوا قَالُوا اللَّهُمَّ إِنْ كَانْ هَذَا هُوَ الْحَقُّ مِنْ أَنْذِكُ فَأَمْتِرَ لَيْنَا حِجَارَةً مِنَ السَّمَاءِ أَوَيْتِنَا بِعَلَى بِنَلِيمِ That there are some such unfortunate people among the opponents of Hazrat Muhammad Mustafa May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him who are being mentioned who say this prayer that O our Allah Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alaihi wasallam is true and you have given him the truth that is if this truth is from you then rain down stones over us or give us a dreadful punishment this prayer is of the unbelievers of Mecca and some reports show that Abu Jehel had said this prayer and had said that the man I have denied, I am so sure that he is a liar that with great courage I address you, O God, and say that if you have given him truth, then you may rain stones on me from heavens and whatever dreadful punishment there can be, we should suffer it. Once a Bedouin taunted a caliph of Banu Abbas that you who as crash of Makkah talk of the stories of your supremacy Allah has made your position clear to us you are a very foolish people and the Holy Quran has attested your foolishness for good in amazement he asked what is that witness the Bedouin replied the most wise among you was Abul Hikam, whom Allah later called Abu Jahl. And the condition of Abul Hikam was that he prayed to God that, O oh Allah, if you have given truth to Mad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then rain stones on us. He must be mad. He should have said that if it is true, then enable us that we should accept the truth. He should have said, that if he is false, then enable us that we should not believe him. But if he is true, then show mercy on us and enable us to accept the truth. But he said this prayer, that if he is true, then rain stones on us. This nature of Abu Jahl is repeated in every period. We have seen that some people say that if God were to come down from heaven, and say that Ghulam Ahmad Khani is true, even then we will not accept him. So this nature of rebellion is a satanic nature. And if God himself were to descend from heaven and say that he is true, we will not accept. It is not an imaginary thing, because the dialogue of Satan which has passed earlier, it has been clearly proved that Satan knew that God is true, and Satan also knew that Allah had declared Adam to be true.
and despite that you see how boastful he speaks and says that oh god i will still not leave you give me a chance so that i should lie in wait on their paths from this prayer we also understand another thing in disguise of which people does satan sit on these paths in the time of every prophet as in the time of adam satan held this dialogue with allah in practice such iblis continue to be who say exactly the same thing that o oh allah even if you tell us we will not believe and the story of adam is repeated in each period so in the prayers of the maghdub group and whatever dialogues they held with allah there are deep lessons for us for good may allah help us to benefit from it there is a prayer in chapter 10 yunus verses 22-24 which has been attributed to the maghdube alaihim group it is the subject of maghdube alaihim but it is a little concealed in the subject and it is somewhat wrapped allah says walladhi yusayyirukum fil barr wal bahr he it is who takes you on journeys on land and in the sea and provides you the facility of journey hatta idha kuntum fil fulke till when you board the boats wajrayna bihim birihin tayyibatin those boats which set sail taking them with cool and pleasing winds wa farihu biha and they are very pleased jaat harihun atifun then what they suddenly see is that the wind gathers speeds and furious winds start blowing wa jaal mawjum min kulli makanin and from all directions wave after wave storms rise the waves surround them from all directions wa zannu annahum uhita bihim and they think that we have now been encircled by them dawullaha mukhlisina lahuddin at that time with full sincerity declaring their faith to be true they supplicate to allah lain anjaitana min hadhihi nakunanna min ash-shakirin o allah if this time you deliver us from this affliction we will certainly become your grateful servants falamma anjahum izahum yabghuna fil ardh baghair al-haqq when allah delivers them they continue to show rebellion in the world without any sanction as they used to talk before and trouble the innocent servants of allah ya ayyuhan nasu innama baghyukum ala anfusikum mataul hayati dunya thumma ilaina marjukum fanunabbiukum bima kuntum ta'malun o people listen that your rebellion will eventually rise against you and when you talk of the advantage then it is only a temporary advantage of this world eventually you will return to us and will come to us then we will tell you what was the reality of your actions 
I have called this prayer a prayer of the Maghdube Alahim group. Because these people ignore their promises and go back on their promises. But this prayer of the time of difficulty is not in itself a prayer of the Maghdube Alahim group. That is why I have said that it is somewhat concealed prayer. When everyone, whether pious or unpious, faces difficulty, says similar kind of prayers. But some among them are also maghdub, who love and deceive. They make promises with Allah, then go back on their promises. About them Allah says that we also accept the prayers of such people. So here I am putting this prayer before you to explain this subject to you that a prayer which is said at the time of difficulty sometimes arises from the heart with such intense feelings that Allah bears witness that the prayer was said with deep sincerity of in reality this is the condition of the heart and since that condition is such which Allah never rejects therefore despite his knowledge that this condition will change Allah treats that temporary condition kindly and accepts the prayer. So some people who think that even if we are bad, our prayers are accepted, they should not be deceived. Allah shows so much mercy that when a man is a prayer in a distressed condition and is sincere at the time, then Allah's mercy cannot reject him. You must have observed it in your daily life that some people do mischief repeatedly but when caught they develop such a state of humility tears stream from their eyes they tremble uncontrollably they bend low and touch your feet and say for God's sake forgive us this time we will never do this again even if you know that they will commit the same mistake again the condition of helplessness and humility is such that a kind man cannot ignore it. So if an ordinary man is affected by this deep humility, then Allah who is most forgiving and ever merciful is influenced the most. But it does not mean that Allah does not know about them. He knows that they will slip into the same activity again. But at the same time, he has said, that eventually they will come to us. We know that they will not run and go elsewhere because their eventual return will be to me. It makes no difference to me whether I forgive them ten times or thousand times. Since they will have to come to me, therefore I will make this decision on the day of judgment when all their deeds will be presented before me. Since it is getting late, after mentioning one more prayer, I will end this sermon.
chapter 10, Yunus, verse 91. Allah says, when we took the children of Israel across the sea, and Pharaoh with his army pursued them, and talking rebelliously, and with the aim of animity, he set out after them, till when the time of drowning approached, he said this prayer. That I bear witness that the God in whom the children of Israel have believed, there is no God beside him. And I become a Muslim. Then Allah said, What now? When the time of your drowning is here? And before this, you have spent all your life in disobedience. And you have always been one of those who create disorder. After mentioning this prayer, Allah says that we accepted this prayer in a conditional way, despite knowing that in this last moment he had no right to say prayer. His entire life had passed in evil, and he spent all his life in rebellion. Now when the death was on his head, rather when he is drowning, in such moments whatever prayer he says has no relevance. But despite this, sometimes there is such intense feeling of helplessness that Allah accepts even that, but in view of some deep wisdom. Allah says, we replied, Alan. Now, then says, Okay, we will deliver your body, because you had not repented because of the fear of your soul, but now when you fear your body, you are repenting. Therefore, in this repentance at the last moment, I wave your soul, but will certainly save your body. Why? so that you may be a lesson of warning for those who will come later. And there are many people in the world who are heedless of our signs. Various commentators have concluded different things from this verse. They think that in the meaning of Adrakahul Qarq, what he said is that since it was a prayer at the time when he was drowning, therefore Allah only saved his corpse and did not save Pharaoh. They think that not mentioning his soul and only mentioning his body means that his body will be preserved. There has always been an uncertainty in my mind about this interpretation. The reason is that the corpses of the pharaohs of Egypt were in any case preserved already. Therefore, what of his prayer did Allah hear? It was the custom of the people of Egypt that when the tide was out, they must have found the corpse of the pharaoh and mummified it. When Allah says that we will preserve your body, it means his living body, and, and we will have to conclude that his soul will not be saved. And when he is presented on the Day of Judgment, he will be presented 
as a sinner and a criminal. But since he had prayed for his worldly life and did not pray for his spiritual life, therefore Allah says, we will give him temporary life. It makes no difference. You can live another 15 years or 100 years, but we will not forgive you because whatever sins you have committed, you had not repented from them. In the light of this, there has always been an impression on my heart that I should find out what actually happened to Pharaoh. So a little while ago in Britain, I found an encyclopedia in which there was a detailed mention of his Pharaoh, that is, Ramses II. I was amazed to find that after this incident, he had lived for 50 to 60 years. Even more than that, because he lived up to the age of 90, and his father had died when he was still very young. In his father's time, Hazrat Moses had passed most of his life, who was of a different nature. At the death of his father, Ramses II was very young when he was crowned. And since he was jealous of Hazrat Moses, and knew that this boy from Banu Israel is being brought up in our home, and because of it he had entertained jealousy in his heart. So for personal revenge also he took extreme action. When this incident happened, whenever it did happen, Hazrat Moses had attained ripe old age, but Pharaoh was very young. If at that time he had died afternoon, then his mummified corpse, which was discovered later, should have been of his youth. His mummy is a corpse of a 90-year-old man, which shows that when Allah had promised to deliver his body, then certainly it meant that he was promised the deliverance of his worldly life. There is no sense in preserving the body. Allah says that this will happen for the reason that whenever you will die, your corpse will be preserved in a warning, and then we will tell the world that this was the man who stood against God. Another reason to preserve his corpse was that if he had drowned, then it was possible that an attempt was made to find his corpse. But there was not much of a chance for this because in the sea near a delta are such fishes which eat up the corpses, and then the waves can carry the remains to far off. It looks when Pharaoh was about to drown, when he prayed, his bodyguards and his accompanying soldiers did try their utmost to save him, and eventually he was delivered for his worldly life. From the point of view of the prayer, the final conclusion that should be drawn is that the prayer said at one's last breath are not to be accepted. The time of repentance is when one has still to pass some life after repentance. If the repentance is at such a time when a man has reached his end, then such a repentance is not accepted. Therefore we should pray that Allah should not give us opportunity of repentance like that of the Maghdub group when the doors of repentance have been closed, but should enable us to repent during our life 
and at the time of saying a prayer of repentance, you should keep the end of these unfortunate people in view, and should always pray that, O oh Allah, we are sincere now, but you have told us that some maghdoob alayhim were also sincere. You have told us that some misguided people were also sincere at the time of their prayers. Therefore, we do not know what will be end. And so, bowing before you, we supplicate in deep humility that please do not let our sincerity become temporary. Please do not include us among those unfortunate people whose supplications you accepted because of their sincerity at the time, but when you gave them respite, they fell back to the same old activity. Therefore, enable us to do such treatments, which should be permanent. And whenever we make a mistake again, do not overlook us as criminals, but overlook our mistake in this way, as one overlooks faults mercifully. I hope that when we will end this subject, a new life will develop in our prayers of the An-Anta Alehim group, and that we will have realized what color do the of those people have who were bestowed with blessings, and what color do the prayers have of Maghdube Alehim group. Why is one prayer accepted, and why the other prayer is accepted? May Allah enable us to walk on Sirat-e-Mustaqeem, the right path, on such a right path that although Satan sits there, but we should advance our steps on that path as the gratefulness of God, and never should Satan be able to attack our feelings of gratitude, because that alone is our defense. Should we become deprived of gratitude, then there is no hope of our safety. May Allah enable us to walk on such a Sirat-e-Mustaqeem on which those people walked who were bestowed with blessings and eventually attained their objective. Amen. Alhamdulillah, inamuduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'khiruhu wa nominu bihi wa natawakkalu ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يعذه الله فلا مذل له إن يذلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وعده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم 